Hello, and welcome back to my reading of K.S. Wood's The Magician, Chapter 3, Vanessa. Vanessa Rankin sat at her desktop computer that same evening, listening to the music stream through her wireless headset as she typed her latest paper. Her attention span was limited, however, because the music kept making her fingers dance otherwise. And every time her fingers dance, she cast the magic with which she was born. Colors streamed from her fingers, lighting up the room as they did so. She had been blessed by a magical ability to stream colors as easily as she streamed the spells of her magical lineage. Emotions heightened the ability, which was a trait passed down by one of her notable ancestors. Certain kinds of music touched her soul in a way that she was able to create spectacular shows of light and color. But so far, she usually limited those shows to just herself and a few close friends and family members, playing around with her magic as she went about her life normally as possible. Her mother, Evelyn, had caught a few of her acts, smiling as she watched the daughter's magic surreptitiously. Evelyn was proud of her magic that her daughter can do, even if it terrified some of the others in her family. After all, that gift had come from Evelyn's lines. It was an innate ability only a few magicians could ever do. Vanessa was one of them, and if channeled correctly, the magic would be something of wonder. But Vanessa was also trying to get some research done and a paper finished. Despite being descended from some of the more famous lines of the magic in the New World, her father's maternal line frowned upon magical means for income. She was learning also to do a normal line of work, getting her master's degree in history. She had declared her intent to become a historian at one of Allium's many museums. It was her dream job. The magic that ran through her veins was hard to ignore, though. It wasn't as though the non-magical line of her family disliked magicians. It was just that Vanessa's paternal grandmother came from a normal line that had made their money from steelwork in the early part of the last century. Vanessa's grand's grandfather had a stipulation in his will that carried for generations. The only way to inherit any portion of the bird whistle fortune was to accomplish some sort of mastery in a non-magical occupation. Lawyers for the latest generation of the family had found that equated to having acquired some sort of trade certificate or degree that could actually be used to find work. Carlton Birdwhistle didn't frown upon magicians, just the fact that they could use their magic for shifty gain. He detested the idea. Carlton was a pretty cunning man and thoroughly covered all of his bases. The will was magically binding due to a spell cast by one of his lawyers, a man who was also a magician. Thus, no magicians in or out of the family could use coercion or magical means to gain any bird whistle funds. The bird whistles were dying out though. Most of their later generations were not having many male heirs, so the name itself was slowly dwindling. While Gran had married into the Rankin line, and had two sons, they carried the magical Rankin name versus the normal bird whistle one. However, being a Rankin created merit too. After all, Ezekiel Rankin was a magician made of legend in his own day. His family lines helped to fund the new world as well, rubbing close shoulders with the magical Timberlanes, Zamoras, Hennessys, Jameson, and other old world families who helmed the beginnings of the new country. These pioneers deemed the world where magicians and normals could live side by side. The Rankins came from money in the old country, 
bringing it with them as they fled. It was them who used magical trickery to increase and maintain their fortunes. Ezekiel's grandfather, Abner Rankin, was never trusted by Carlton Birdwhistle because of his unscrupulous ways of gaining even more fortune and fame. But the later generations had resorted to honest day's work and investment to keep their fortunes strong. And while Vanessa was born into those lines and those fortunes, she was determined to make a name for herself. She also intended to keep all of her ancestral lines remembered. She was a lover of history, as it were. She was divested in learning all of their stories, especially the one of the ancestor who had given her the very power she was now demonstrating. The song ended, and Vanessa shook her head at the distraction as she continued her typing. She could not give away the emotions and use her magic right now. She had to focus on the paper. It was extremely late in the night, and she only had to finish her edits, since this part of the paper was due at 8 the following morning. The research she was doing tonight was on recognizing the various classes of magician. She looked at the edits her friend had sent her to add some more information on the paper. It was her first assignment for her new advisor, and she wanted to make an impression. The Dominoquetis were one of the rarer classes of magician. They learned to control magic by dominating other magicians and submitting them to their bidding. Reginald Chancer was the first ever to mention this class of magician. His works from 1580 Common Era stated that Dominoquetis was an evil class of magician, the darkest ever created, and thus the rarity of the class was advantageous because the chances of running into a Dominoquetis were very slim. However, some modern historians such as Manolo de Cardova and Odette Payne state that classing the Dominoquetis magicians in a class by themselves was misleading, since these magicians do not actually exist. The Pathomotus, on the other hand, is a well-documented class of magician, despite being the rarest distinction of magicians known to all men. Estelle Hobbs was the first record keeper ever to record the name, as her records date back to the 1720s Common Era, when the first such magicians, unnamed of course, came from the old world to the new in search of a better life. She also made the distinction between the Pathomotus and other classes, though though she did not name the other classes she was referring to, so that was lost to time. It was also Hobbes that observed that the Pathomotus can actually feel the magic that's being created, bringing into it their emotional range. However, the lines of the Pathomotus magicians are rare. It is also theorized, though not proven, that the Pathomotus ability is an inherited gene in magical families, one that runs strong especially in lines that are full blood. However, research into that idea is insufficient and lacking, since the magical class is exceedingly rare indeed. Only a few of this kind of magician have ever been studied. The two classes, while scarce of all classes of magician, are also the most fascinating to those who live on the fringes of society. Those two classes have become, in the words of the aforementioned Odette Payne, quote, the stuff of all created legends in our known world, end quote. The Pathomotus and the Dominoquetis, while dissimilar in nature, share a great deal of similarities in that they are both widely written about, though few have ever been known to exist. She smiled as she read her paper one last time, nodding with a bit of pride. She finished her paper with a stunning conclusion, then turned her music up as loud as she can bear. 
She closed her eyes as she felt the beat of the instruments. She let her hands bob and weave as she painted with her magical colors. There was something carefree about the way she allowed the magic to just flow, giving music and light to the rhythm. Her face had a look of pure joy as she moved with some internal desire just to create. It was mesmerizing. It was fluid. It was even graceful. It was how she communicated with herself. A lone black sedan was parallel parked along the curb across from her apartment, its solitary occupant watching as the colors flashed through the drawn shears. The man was scribbling notes in shorthand by a streetlight as he spied on the young woman, watching the colors as he worked. He dared not use his cellular phone, for he was afraid to draw attention to himself in the darkness. Vanessa had no idea she was being watched as she created her magic. If she had, she would have drawn the blinds. The Magician is brought to you by K.S. Wood. If you'd like to know more about her story and her writings, please visit her website, kswood.blog.